This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Sarah. This is Kat. And welcome to Books and Bevies. All right, so how are you today? Um, how are you doing? I'm pretty good. I'm a little tired, but because it's very early for me, but hasn't, I mean, yeah, just tired. <laughs> What about you? I think pretty good. I have uh, some of my classes are dropping off um, towards the end of the semester. Like they're not full semester nice. classes. So I have slightly less work to do, but also at the same time, I have finals coming up. So I have a lot more work to do simultaneously. Um, but, you know, it's going. Nice. First random note this morning, Sarah was like, oh, yeah, like we we're going to record in the morning for her and at like noon for me. And she's like, oh, can we maybe do it like later in the evening, my time? And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. I should be home. And she's like, OK, we'll do it in the morning. <laughs> like, well, What? Well, no, because I asked what time and you said you didn't give oh. me a time so I was like oh she doesn't know when she's gonna be home so I fully read that as like are you available in the evening and then I replied yes and you said cool we'll do it not then and I was like why would you text me that no because I because I was like maybe the evening will work better for me like depending on the time uh-huh. And then so I asked you, I was like, what time do you think? And you were like, oh, yeah, I should be home not too late. And I was like, OK, that's like a little vague for me. So I'm just going to stick to the morning. Yeah, I just read your reply. And I was like, I'm so confused. <laughs> All right. I, I understand slightly more. That was might have been a me problem. <laughs> I think it, it was an us problem. Sometimes we're not great at communicating, which is great for uh, creating a podcast when we live in on two different sides of a country. Um, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of implied subtext within <laughs> our texts that I just assume you understand. Um, so anyways, what are you drinking today, Katrina? I'm drinking a nice cup of coffee. Nice. What's your bevy? Um, I am also drinking a nice cup of joe. 
cup of coffee. <laughs> Delicious. The secret of this podcast is that we actually secretly hate each other and our sense of humor. You should have seen the glare that Katrina just gave me when I said cup of joe. <laughs> I feel like anyone would have given you the same look. <laughs> Do you have a reason for drinking? Coffee? Not particularly. Um excited to be nearing the end of my first year of law school so nice still got a long ways to go the very hard part is coming up now so happy for me Woo. <laughs> why are you drinking um i am drinking because i am officially rehired with the landscaping company that i work for so i Gave my notice to save on foods, and I will not be having to go back there as of March 27th, I believe, will be my last day. Ooh, I, that's soon. I know. I'm excited. I am so excited. And yeah, then it's just going to be landscaping in school for me, which is very exciting. Um, Congrats. That is so exciting. Um. All right, for the sake of time, let's just get right into it. This episode, we read Crooked Kingdom by Lee Bard. Fucking Christ. Why do <laughs> you have the same issue last time? I think you should introduce the book because <laughs> clearly I can't speak this author's name. All right, it's by Leigh Bardugo. Based on my own pronunciation, I'm not 100% sure that's correct. But yeah, we read Crooked Kingdom, the follow-up book from Six of Crows. Um, yeah, and I don't really know what to say about that. It's just, it's the second book. Yeah, it basically, um, uh, because it's the second book, it continues the story. Uh, same cast of characters. Um I guess before we get into the spoiler-free part of this book, I just want to say that if you haven't listened to the previous episode and if you haven't read Six of Crows yet, the spoiler-free part of this book will contain spoilers from the previous book. So be careful. Listen cautiously if you haven't read the book. They basically, the, the book... They want to get revenge for some things that happened in the previous book. And also uh, rescue an edge. Oh, yeah. Taken at the end of um, Six of Crows. Mm-hmm. That's where the book ends. Um, they did not get their money. It was a setup. Mm-hmm. An edge has been taken. And I will say before we get into like the true spoiler-free parts, I did like the second book better yeah i did i did like this one better um i still didn't i still didn't love it though fair enough but i think i feel like any second book is always better than the first one just because you have the story yeah you have like a better grasp on like characters and stuff yeah and like you care at that point yeah um 
in the previous episode I did talk about I talked extensively about there being a lull in the middle of Six of Crows that I was just like <laughs> really upset with found there was a little bit of a lull in this one in the middle but it wasn't nearly as long and there were things that like like I do I have sticky notes all throughout the book this time I did Not find just... the lull noticeable though solely because I was looking for it and I was like I wonder if it's gonna happen again it did it, it definitely not as bad though also um I found it funny that uh the book started in a similar way <laughs> I how we won't get well, into the details of it but it was Maybe, I think that's my main issue. Um, it does have like the same structure as the first book. So it's like broken down into parts, I think like five or six and it switches between all the characters perspectives. So like the writing is the same, I would say from book one to book two. So I like that consistency. Yeah, I, I do stand by the fact that I didn't mind the switching of perspectives as much as this book as I have in other books that um, we've read. I did think that sometimes it didn't flow quite as well, but I mean. Yeah, I do have, maybe that, that'll be like a spoiler thing to say, but something to do with the switching of perspectives. It wasn't as clean in the second book as it was in the first book, but I feel like I like I, I liked the plot of the second book a lot better. Because I feel like I was a lot more invested in, the, like, obviously because it's the second book, I was, like, a lot more invested in the characters. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really have a whole lot to add that's spoiler-free besides that. Can I help? That, that was a perfect example of the Michael Scott thing. Sometimes I start a sentence and I don't know where I'm going. I just start talking. Hopefully it gets somewhere. But most of the time it doesn't. That was exactly what happened to you right there. I think that was slowly slowing down your words. Love it. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really have that much to add. Yeah. I think the problem with like second books too is like this it, it kind of like starts in the middle of like a a big thing because it's just a continuation of the second book or I mean the first book it is the second book um I am really curious about Shadow and Bones now that I've read these two books like I wonder I really just wonder if we had read those books first if it would make more sense Because I think it's the, apparently it's the same characters in the Shadow and Bone series. Mm. So I wonder if we would like these books a little bit better if we'd had like more of their backstory. I don't know. I'm just curious about it. That's fair, yeah. Oh, so I remember um, last episode we were talking about like maybe the second book will change our opinions of the first book a little bit. Um, so before I give my rating, I kind of want to like talk about that a little bit. I mean, my rating, like it didn't really change my opinion on the first book that much. I'm, I'm sticking with my rating for the first book. I, I rated it 
I rated Six of Crows 8 out of 10. You rated it 7 out of 10. I stand by it. Yeah. I, I don't think mine changed at all. I No. Yeah. I stand by it a good 7 out of 10. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I remember with Dance of Thieves. Or was it Dance of Thieves that our rating kind of changed? Yes, because we, we uh, rated the first one so high then we read the second one and we're like oh my god it was too good yeah right yeah no I feel like just accordingly but Mm -hmm. no this one didn't do anything for me yeah so what's your uh, overall rating um I think I'm gonna rate this one an 8.5 just like a little bit better than the the first book but not like astoundingly better not like what dance of thieves was where i was like okay dance of thieves is now a 10 and then this one's not you know like it's incorrect i feel like we just have the exact same thought process because <laughs> we spend too much time together um also 0.5 higher than my last rating i think mm-hmm. it was better it wasn't crazy better it was just better mm-hmm. so a good 7.5 for me yeah mine's like a solid 8.5 Shall we get into the spoilers and you can tell me? This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Why? Oh, yeah, let's get into the spoilers. Because, like, I'm, I've been very excited to talk about this book, actually. Just 
based off of the first chapter alone. And I remember, because, like, at the... (laughs) During the last episode, you were like, there better not be, like, another juice. Like, there better not... that, That can't happen to me again. And I, like, read the first chapter, and I noticed it was from another person, like, an unknown character's perspective. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so funny. And then I was like, I wonder if they're gonna come back. And then they didn't. All I wrote, I put a sticky note on the very first chapter and said, if I don't hear about him for the rest of the book, I'm going to lose my mind. (laughs) Did we hear about him? No. The worst. So good. I mean, at least he didn't like, I don't know. I mean, I don't even really like remember his chapter that much. But, like, you learn about his struggles a little bit. And I'm like, okay, now I'm invested slightly in your thoughts. Let me just uh, take him out for the rest of the book. Cool. No. That was was a mean game that this started with. Also, speaking vaguely of juice, (laughs) this is where we're starting. We're starting with juice. As always. Um, Okay, so you know in the Juice chapter in the first book how he was having a hard time describing brown eyes. He's Mm -hmm. like, I don't know how to do this. Like several times in Crooked Kingdom, someone describes someone else's brown eyes in like a very nice way. And there is no way that's not a ongoing joke like it has to be juiced coming back I refuse to see it another way because it's not once once I would be like coincidence several times people are like oh look at those brown eyes let me tell you about them in this like um like his eyes were the color of strong tea is one um oh her dark uh, yeah the rich brown of her eyes there was another one and I was like okay like they could have had different colored eyes the fact that you keep describing brown eyes in the way that juice could not juice's spirit lives on in these books (laughs) yeah so you know I didn't love the first chapter because it was from the wrong perspective however I appreciated the juiced callback throughout this second book. <laughs> and that is the point that I am starting with. I'm going to design a t-shirt about juiced and it's just going to say team juiced. Team juiced. And we're going to sell it in our juiced. shop when we have one. Um, uh, Yeah, I also really liked that um, because we talked about it in in the last book. I really liked that Wylan had chapters in Crooked Kingdom. I feel like that might be part of why I like this book a a fair amount better. I, Wylan was my favorite character in the last book and I'm I'm happy I got to like read from his perspective a little bit. Yeah, I I definitely appreciated that too. I think he's, he was a good character. He went through a lot, but like he went through I feel like he was the biggest contrast of the characters like the rest of them all had like similar 
thievery backgrounds, whereas Wylan was just like a kid that his dad didn't like, so he got kicked out, and he was just like learning how to fit in. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, I I liked his I liked his character arc. It was key. Same. I also just to like kind of like go back to like. I mean, we are in the beginning of the book. What the fuck am I saying? But um, <laughs> just to go back to the start, <laughs> just to go back to the start where we currently are. Um, I feel like maybe one of my problems with the book is that a lot of the dilemmas are pretty like fast paced and they kind of get solved a little bit quickly. Like I feel like when a Nedge was held captive, I feel like that could have been drawn out a little bit longer because it was only like, the first very small part of the book and then there was like a little bit of a lull for a while where they were like coming up with a plan for like their next thing and I was like I don't know I just feel like I mean I love an edge like also great character but I was like it just seemed really fast-paced at least that specific plot line I I feel like the book in general had a lot of plot lines that it tried to cover in a short period of time. One of my issues with like the switching of the like perspectives, you're right. Like you said, it was a bit choppy in some places. So it didn't go seamlessly as the first one or first book, but I just felt in reading it that I was reading separate storylines. So I didn't mm-hmm. think of them really as a group of friends. I was more invested in like, okay, these two, this is their story. These two, this is their story. So I feel like I would have liked the book better if like, I know this changes the entire story. <laughs> so it's like a weird suggestion, but like if they just never met, and they were on their own individual storylines. And in the end, it turns out they like happened to be helping each other this whole time. Like something like that, I feel like would have made more sense to me. Whereas like, this was like, yes, we're a team. We're doing everything together. This is this, but like, it was all separated. Except mm-hmm. for like, like, we're all on separate missions working for the same end goal, but like. Yeah, it just felt like it was like forced being like, we are a group here are all our separate things we're doing but don't worry we're a group and it was just like periodically come back like that yeah I feel like with this book like like I feel like there was a lot of like it was like basically a group a book of side quests if that makes any sense like if anyone plays video games you'll like who's listening you'll know what I'm talking about like side quests are basically like like small thing small goals that you have um that you do on the side that are like completely not related to the main end goal the video game has one like end task that you have to get to but you have to like gain experience and you have to like master certain skills so you do side quests to like make yourself stronger so that when you come to the end goal you are strong enough I don't feel like I like that quite as much in a book because it feels like it was very like, here's a dilemma. Here's the solution. Next, next part, new dilemma, new solution, next part, new dilemma, new solution. And then I was kind of like, what I, I was kind of, kind of lost. I was like, wait, what are they trying to accomplish again? Like, what is their end goal? Yeah. Like, like I felt like the, the point of the book is like in the end where it's like, 
oh, like here are all the bits and pieces coming together. Look, it makes sense now. But just like you're right, the way it was written was kind of like, here's an issue, here's it solved, here's an issue, here's it solved. And you're mm-hmm. like, okay, so where are you going? Where are the issues that are not solved? And mm-hmm. where are they going to? Like, imagine if, like, just to go back to Inej and, like, her dilemma that was in the beginning, like, imagine if that hadn't got solved for, like, a long time until, like, maybe halfway through the book and, like, the characters were, like, struggling because they didn't have her and they needed to find solutions without her. Meanwhile, she's getting, like, tortured and stuff like that. And then, like, maybe halfway through the book, she comes back. Like, to me, that would be more interesting. Can you leave me alone? There's some underlying themes in what you think is interesting in books. And they're very dark. Specifically, you know what I'm thinking of. It's the baby is dying. You're like, wow, it's interesting. What book was that? Was a Little Women. Oh, yeah. The sickness and the war, right? <laughs> Whimsy. Whimsy. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I wish Inej was tortured. Interesting. Well, no, it just seemed, it just, the book seemed too easy. You're right. Even when they were faced with a dilemma, it was like, it was just like, I don't know. Like, I think that might be an issue that I have with Kaz's character is he doesn't really struggle that much. Like, I feel like the rest of the characters, like, have their dilemmas and have their things that they're, like, struggling with or fighting for. And Kaz just kind of always has a solution to something. And I find that's not very interesting to read about. No. And he doesn't have, like, that much emotional depth either. So it's not like he has, like, a lot of emotional dilemmas or anything like that. He's just kind of, like... I, I like that it started to come out, like, I think, like, midway through the book where you realize, like, what Kaz is, like, struggling through. Because mm-hmm. that that's the point where I emotionally connected to him. But, like, the whole last book and the beginning of this book, I was like, okay, but, like, why do we care about you? Yeah. And then you're, like, you hear about his, like, feelings and he's, like, struggling to, like, he cares for an edge, you know, but he, like, doesn't know what to do about it because he, like, can't let himself go there because he's worried that people are going to use it against him and, you know, things like that. I feel like, like, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that should have been brought up earlier, especially being, like, technically the main character. Mm -hmm. I feel like it would have made more sense to me to have, like, an emotional connection to him from the start rather than being, like, okay, I don't really like you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I feel like, and especially because, like, if we're reading from his perspective, we should be reading from, like, his mind. So, like, we should know his internal struggles. That's just, you know, we like a good struggle. (laughs) Struggles, war, whimsy, and torture. I also, um, uh, because, like, the last book ended with Nina using the drug and everyone was like I don't know if she'll be able to get over it I do wish they went into that a little more in the second book it was just kind of like she appeared and she was fine yeah and then they like slowly told us like bits of like oh yeah she doesn't eat that much like she struggled with it but like 
it didn't give us that much information. And I feel like the whole book was based on the terribleness of this drug. So I'm like, you could have given us a little bit more information on how it's so terrible. I agree. I feel like my issue with like the structure, like the way this book is structured is time is not linear in this series. Like it's very much like, like where the last book ended and then this book starts like many months down the line, kind of brushing over things that like we wanted addressed. And then like halfway through the book, again, we get like the backstory and like what actually happened. And it's like, no, you should start with it. Cause like if it had started with like Nina and like going through Parem withdrawal and like Matias trying to help her, I would have been hooked from the beginning. Like, yeah, I feel like that that was a very logical way to start it. Being like Nina's out of commission, M- Matias is like only helping Nina, so Kaz has to work with like what he has to get back mm-hmm. an edge. So and like Jesper's people are in missing. like the doghouse because he like fucked them over. And Edge's captivity, like I feel like there's like a a month long gap yeah there 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 was a more like seamless flow into the second book in my mind than was used (laughs) so just it wasn't the start that I was expecting I think like I'm trying to like I feel like that my issue with this book is like half the time when I would put it down and I would pick it up to read it again I wouldn't remember what I had read like the day before or a cup from a couple days earlier. Like I would just kind of pick it up and be lost again. Yeah. It, like if something about it wasn't like what is happening. Oh my God. The pieces of the puzzle are going to come together. It was more like what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> like that was the vibe. <laughs> my, um, very first uh, moment where I was like, mm-hmm, Kaz, <laughs> you're growing on me, buddy. After when uh, Inej finally had the courage to ask him about uh, if he would have come for her, if her legs were broken. Oh my God. And I was so nervous. He was going to just say nothing and be his usual self. And he was just like, I'd come for you. And, like, if he couldn't walk, he would crawl. Like, he would do everything to, like, get her back. And I was like. <gasps> I just, like, I'm really upset that there wasn't an arc where they fell in love. Like, I just. They they did. Well, like, yeah, but, like, and ended up together. Like. Did they not? I know that's how it ended. <laughs> I don't think so. I thought he was still planning on. (laughs) What? Am I on drugs? Like, is that not exactly how it gets? Did I miss something? Where does it say that? Because he gets her a boat. So I thought that she was like going away. Yeah, but after. Yeah, I'm literally reading it right now. Just before you look, how do you think the book ended? I. 
incredible. But what I got from it was that Inej's family like came over. I thought he was going to stick to doing crime and like not. I must have missed what. Just tell me where you are. Okay, mine's on my thing, so I don't. I don't know if it's going to be the right page for you. But basically, um, what chapter is it? Oh, give me a second. Is it Kaz's chapter? No, uh, Inez, chapter 44. It's like midway through and she's like, uh, he's like, I want you to come back because the birth was also for her. Mm-hmm. Like not just the boat. And then she's like, I'm not done with Ketterdam. And then Kaz is like, I thought you wanted to hunt slavers. And she's like, I do, but I want your help. It's not just everywhere else. It's also here. And then so like the plan is to like take them down from inside the city. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that they're like going to start dating. But then they hold hands and he goes to meet her parents. (laughs) Yeah, I know they hold hands, but I don't know. It's just. (laughs) But like the whole point is she's staying in the city with his help. She's not done. And they're holding hands. And he's meeting her. What is not the ending that they're not? How are they not together? I don't know. I just didn't I just didn't get that I thought that they were just I mean I know they held hands but like I don't know I just didn't I just didn't get that vibe (laughs) it seems like they're still working Kaz did not take off his gloves for a whole two books because he cannot stand skin to skin contact they hold hands and he meets her parents (laughs) buys her a boat and finds her family and you're telling me you didn't think that was a romantic gesture I'm not is that a friendship it was a romantic gesture it was very romantic especially for Kaz but I just didn't think I just didn't read into it that much I guess you're like wow what a good friend well because they've always been like that not like that. That's He's definitely whole... taken her gloves off in front of her before. But not not held her hand or even like, you know, the whole scene where uh, he's like fixing her band-aids and it, when his like knuckles touch her skin, he's like, meh, I hate that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. Right, we we read into the ending a little differently. Yeah, I thought it. I, I was. I I read all of that, and I was just very unsatisfied with the ending. Oh my god, I love the ending. <laughs> no, like I loved the ending. I just didn't like that the, in my mind they didn't start to date. But maybe you're right. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, that's amazing, but. I mean, like, I thought it was cute. Like, I thought it was a cute gesture, but, like. I I just feel like from everything that we know of Kaz, that is 
like a very clear I am in love with you. Yeah, but just because you're in love with someone doesn't mean that it's going to happen. Because like the whole book, like I feel like the whole series, I knew that he was in love with an edge. Yeah, but like he can never say it. Yeah, but he didn't say it. Yeah, but he said it in his own way. <laughs> can you find anything that like concretely? I, it's it's not concrete. I think these are all implied. But it's like that's the thing. It's all implied, which is what I don't like about it. But hear me out. There's another one where and I just like I'm not ready to give up on this city, Kaz. I think it's worth saving. And then in little little italics. I think you're worth saving. Yeah, but that means is that, that a goodbye? No, it's okay. No, and it's then not a- but so, <laughs> I'm not done. And then she's like, "Had she really thought the world didn't change?" Skipping a few lines, but it's in the same paragraph. Um, the boy beside her her future before her, anything was possible. I don't know how you didn't read that as like a beautiful love ending. (laughs) It doesn't say that her boy is her future. No, it didn't say that her boy is her future. I think like the point is like uh, her future is still the, she wants to catch the slaves. However, Kaz is now part of that. Okay, yeah. We yeah. Maybe I was wrong. It still just seems a little vague for me to believe it, but I see where you are coming from. Yeah, maybe I looked too far into what I was reading. That also happens, but interesting perspective. I did not I honestly didn't consider reading it another way, so Yeah, no same. I really uh I mean, I thought it was, like, cute, but it just wasn't, like, a... Maybe I just wanted it to end like that, so I just made myself believe it. Basically, um, Lee Bardugo, if you are reading this, we need a third book with um, some very clear... (laughs) Clear Clear-cut answers. (laughs) They are dating. Actually, you know what? You can probably Google it. Yeah, it okay. <laughs> it says some people were upset that they didn't officially become a couple at the end of the series, but others were okay okay with it. I think so, that's as close to an official couple as I so are are you telling me right now, long lost parents, the guy you're interested in finds them for you brings them to you purchases a boat imagine that's your dream a boat he purchases the boat for you does not touch anyone without his gloves and then holds your hand and asks you to stay are you not like that's beautiful you're dating it is beautiful but it's just not official (laughs) it's official in my mind okay cool well, agree, agree to disagree. Fair enough. 
I don't think it's that they're like not together or not interested in each other. <laughs> I thought we were going to move past that topic. I did too, but I had another point. <laughs> but it's just, it's not like, you know how like with Matthias and Nina, it was like for a while it was like, eh, maybe. And then they like moved past their differences and like went for it. That's what I wanted to happen with Kaz okay. and an Edge. But it just wasn't like set in stone. Fair. You're right. It wasn't set in stone. Because even then, it's like when they're talking about like their future, they're not talking about like it, they're not talking about it romantically, they or even emotionally. They're talking technically about it in like a work sense where they're like, yeah, let's continue to work together and hold hands. And okay. <laughs> Technically, it only happened one time, so we don't really know if that's going to continue to happen. Fair enough. Thank you. That's all I have to say now. We can move past this. And maybe let's go back to, like, somewhere in the middle of the book, because we, like, really jumped to the end there. <laughs> yeah. You know what um, I loved? I forget where they are, but it's, like, Nina and Mateus. 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 Oh. Um, were like walking somewhere um, and everyone was scared of Matthias because he looked so intense. He just has like a scary vibe. And she was just like, like, just try and be nice, like look happy. And then he's like, I don't know how to. And she's like, pretend like they're all toddlers. And then he just, this is the next person he sees, he's like, hello, little friend. <laughs> loved that I yeah I really love Matthias he's he was just doing his best yeah and he's like trying so hard to be friendly but he has like the worst resting bitch face ever yeah I found that whole like thing where they were like kind of on a secret mission and then like the shoe with the wings came I was very confused I also was I feel like that wasn't like I get the point was like look what could happen but we already knew I think it was an unnecessary additional thing to be like look how bad it could go yeah like we already know yeah that's the whole point I feel like it kind of happened in the last book too when there was that like random battle when they were like on their way to the ice court and yeah Marie said that you didn't like that just kind of like okay why though <laughs> I always knew like obviously Van Eck n- not a great guy mm-hmm. correct when I found out about like what he tried to do to Wylan and then also what he did to Wylan's mother I was like okay so he's not just mean he's like full-on evil like full-on crazy again which is why it doesn't make sense that he was so soft on an edge doesn't fit his character like he puts wyland's mom in a mental hospital for nothing and like takes all of her money and all of her assets and then like disowns his son because he's illiterate fucking my jaw hit the floor when i found out that wyland's mom was alive I love that Jasper was with him, though. I know. Oh, my God. They're so cute. They're my favorite little, little couple. 
Yeah, that was an adorable storyline. Um, I also, like, my heart totally fell when uh, Wylan looked at his mom's paintings and there was, like, a little boy that was clearly Wylan. I love that uh, Jasper, like, stole one. No. Jasper and Wylan are perfect. In, they're honestly uh, adorable. I am. Um... I know, and it's super sad. Oh, I will say one thing that I really liked about this book, and this might just be something that I like about fantasy books in general, is the fact that it covers, like, some pretty heavy topics without being too, like, real. You know what I mean? Like, it definitely touches on, like, addiction with Nina. And then, like, you know, just, like, throughout the book, there's just, like, a lot of, like, things whereas like with the way I used to be it's just like very direct and it's like a little bit jarring to read like that's just like the first example that came to my mind um and like gambling addiction with like Jesper and stuff like that and I I think that's why I like fantasy books because it's like it's real and you learn about it but in a way that's like a little distant yeah they're like they're human issues but in a fun way to read about yeah I liked um, Matthias's like the wolf, that little side story we got. I thought that was so cute, like how they got matched up. I, I feel like anything Matthias related, I was like, that's nice. Yeah, I didn't hate <laughs> the backstories as much in this book as I did in the last book. And I think that's just because like, I cared more about the characters in this book. Yeah. Also, (laughs) don't put this in. (laughs) Bruh. Okay. When they, Nina and Mateus kissed, um, where are they? Oh, when they get like, I think this is when the winged people were. No. No, it's, I'm trying to find the chapter. Give me a second. Chapter 15. Mm-hmm. Mateus. Um, okay, basically they kiss. And the sentence is, if Mateus could be kissing Nina, feeling her nip at his lip, I read that not at, like, as binary. <laughs> I read that the other way and I was like, bruh, they're in public. What is happening right now? I just forgot the other I read it other the way same you could way. use that word. You did? <laughs> I did. I was like, how did that escalate so fast? Like they literally just I like, I was like, wow, we got really X-rated. <laughs> yeah, because it's literally it starts with. It was barely a kiss, just a quick, startling press of her lips. That's how it starts. And then it was like feeling her nip. I was like, (laughs) where did that come from? (laughs) Uh, I I honestly laughed out loud when I realized what I had done. You're like, you guys barely just kissed. What is happening? And then just close off. 
in in a public space <laughs> as well. This is a very yeah, no, that threw me off a little bit. Um I thought I thought it was gonna get very X-rated. I was like, that doesn't seem like the correct vibe. Yeah. I liked the part where they were all like kind of like starting their like tasks in the um like the scheme that they were doing like with an edge and the sugar and Mm. all of that stuff and everything like started to go wrong I did enjoy that I liked that part of the book how it was like they're doing this and then there's this thing and we're gonna cut it off and we're gonna start like it was kind of like little cliffhangers at the end of everyone's little like storyline which I kind of liked I was a bit shocked because that was like right around halfway in the book and I was like oh my god everything is going wrong <laughs> like <laughs> how is it going to continue for another like half of the book I was I did like that yeah mm-hmm. I also really liked um I know she was a villain but I really liked uh Dunyasha or the white blade like the assassin she was cool. She was annoying a little bit because I do agree with the edge that she like talked too much, but she was, she was cool. She, I like that. She like accepted her defeat almost, you know, when she like fell and died, she just like, Oh yeah. 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 Like she was silent. Yeah. She was like silent and calm. Mm-hmm. Like I like that her, vibe carried through to her death I thought that was nice yeah I thought she was cool I also liked that um I think I had another sticky note for her oh I think it was a quote um it's like more towards the end of the book um but it like showed like the because like I think the whole point was an edge and Dunyasha were like quite similar characters just like with different upbringings and like all of that um and this is kind of a long quote but I just want to like say it because I thought it was awesome um and it's just an edge after Dunyasha fell to her death and she was like an edge almost felt sorry for her Dunyasha really believed she was the Lanstov heir and maybe she was but wasn't that what every girl dreamed that she'd wake up and find herself a princess or blessed with magical powers and a grand destiny? Maybe there were people who lived those lives. Maybe this girl was one of them, but what about the rest of us? What about the nobodies and the nothings, the invisible girls? We learn to hold our hands as hold our heads as if we wear crowns. We learn to wring magic from the ordinary. That was how you survived when you weren't chosen, when there was no royal blood in your veins. When the world owed you nothing, you demand something of it anyways. That whole paragraph, I was like, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I, I, I like their little battle. I like that Inej had like someone to like meet her skill level mm-hmm. or I guess be better than her technically. But yeah, until like the very last minute when Inej was able to figure out her tell. Yeah. I'm... You know what sent me, um, <laughs> other than my previous mistake, um, <laughs> when 
after like the battle that Inej had with the assassin, like the first time on the sugar things, and she had like the stab wounds all over her, and then uh, Kaz was changing her bandages, mm-hmm. and I think like my the way I was reading this, I think it was meant to be sensual, <laughs> and then it was like he looped the bandage or bandage. <laughs> bandage around again the barest touches unavoidable shoulder clavicle (laughs) once who says clavicle that is the least sexy word immediately i was like i'm sorry what (laughs) let me let me just gently touch your clavicle no it's the clavicle anyways isn't it like it's the collarbone collarbone yeah that's what i thought <laughs> like just say collarbone that's oh i don't i don't know about way hotter but definitely a better way to say like oh yeah like my hand brushed against her collarbone rather than i brushed against her clavicle <laughs> that immediately ruined that scene for me in my head i was like i'm sorry what yeah, I agree. I also really liked um, Jesper's moments with his dad. I felt so bad for his dad. He was so confused and so worried for the whole book. I know. I, I, I'm, I'm glad it worked out. Mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, his dad did not deserve anything wrong to happen to him. Yeah. But he just wanted the best for Jesper. I know. Poor soft, soft man. I know. He did he did some wrong by stopping Jesper from learning <laughs> like his abilities, but like he had good intentions. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet man. <laughs> okay, so now I want to talk about the fucking um this is just where I am in the book. But um now let's talk about when Jesper kissed Kuwai. Kuwai. That was a twist that I did not see coming at all. I immediately when when he was sitting at the piano. Give me a second. <laughs> yeah. Okay. When when Jesper asked him questions, seeing him on the piano, and he didn't say anything and just nodded, I was like, that's not Wylan. I knew it. I did not know it. I thought Wylan was just in, like, a sulky mood. No, as soon as he refused to say anything, I was like, oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Oh, no. Yeah, no, I did not see it coming. I did not see it coming. And then when uh, Wylan finally came in looking like Kawhi and was like all salty about it, I was like, oh, Kawhi's a little homewrecker. I like that uh, Wylan was hurt because he thought that Jesper just liked Kawhi and not because it would like he didn't realize it was a mistake. And I was like, oh. I like that he just assumed it wasn't a mistake. He was like, there's no way. I love oh, Jesper and Wylan are probably my favorite out of the couples in the book. Agreed. It was just wholesome. Mm-hmm. 
which is funny because their trope was friends to lovers and like usually I like enemies to lovers which was Nina and Matthias but I liked the friends to lovers in this book a lot more I like the friends one too I feel like it wasn't enough like enemy for me like I, I get it they were like enemies but they weren't enemies with each other it was like their people were enemies yeah. of each other and that's why they disliked each other so like that doesn't work as enemies for me I needed them to personally hate each other and then fall in love that makes it better fair enough I see what you're saying I would have to agree I did like like the very ending where like Wyland gets taken like he's getting beaten up and like we don't know any of these like the background pieces I like the pace and like the puzzle bits of that Mm -hmm. where like towards the end you're like oh like that was all a plan Mm -hmm. I feel like that was like it was well done it was well written I was like what is happening in the good way not what is happening yeah All right, so I finished this book this morning as well, just like, by the way, as I always do. Um, Matthias, I was not prepared to cry like that at like 7 a.m. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> not great to read first thing in the morning. I hated that it fucking broke my heart because he was one of my favorite characters and like I really liked him and Nina's dynamic and the fact that like if she hadn't taken Perem she could have healed him uh and mm, nope I remember like reading the part where he was like even he was surprised when like he heard the gunshot like when he was shot and then I was like nope no no can't happen nope not allowed yeah I assumed it was something else when I read that I was like he didn't get shot no. I was like absolutely not and then and then I forgot about it and then he was like and then you see the blood and I was like oh my god it did happen and then he died and I was just like crying I feel like I liked that he was killed um pause that wasn't the end of my sentence that was not the end of my sentence um I like that he was killed from someone um like that he wasn't fighting like someone from his own group yeah yeah I guess yeah I I like that it was like yeah, his people. Um, I like that it was like that and that he didn't really fight it. He was like, no, like, uh, I want them to learn. Like, you need to learn that. I know. I, not- I I feel like it was a respectful way for him to die. It was honorable. I hate the kid that shot him, but, you know. Same. I, um, no, I liked, I, I liked Matias's, like, like, 
way he dealt with the fact that he's dying but I did not like that he died and it was just like it was very like the way he died it kind of similar to I think it was Dan Danyasha where he stayed true to himself even in death like he was never like afraid of death yeah it was just like I want to be buried and like this is this is what I want and like I'm okay with it But his like his chapter where it was like him kind of like fading away, that broke me because he was still thinking of Nina. I want to talk about it. I'm not healed yet. I read it this morning. (laughs) It's too soon. Too soon. Oh, I also loved when when they all got their money um, and Jesper is like, uh, maybe I shouldn't have it like put it under my dad's name instead I was like oh, look at you you learned there was good character growth in this book like I think for everyone except like Char- maybe an edge but she was already pretty like woke yeah. character development I just, I just I wish Matias hadn't died I just I loved him <laughs> Could have gone without that. I would have preferred Nina died. I'm gonna say it. <laughs> That's my hot take. Hot take. <laughs> There's another brown eyes comment. There's three. There's no way it's not. I literally wrote. There's no way this isn't an ongoing joke about juice. <laughs> no way. What was the comment? Can you list all of the brown eye comments? Hey, let me see if I can find them. Um, I feel like it's easier to start from the top. Okay. The first one is uh, he his eyes scanned her face as they always had, closely, hungrily, snatching at the details of her like a thief, like the thief he was. Even the set of her dark brown her brows the rich brown of her eyes she didn't need to have brown eyes here it is (laughs) um next kaz's bitter coffee eyes remain trained on the horizon (laughs) let me see if i can find the other one uh sunlight slanted through the windows turning his eyes the color of strong tea. Nowhere else in this book does it describe people's eye color. Only people with brown eyes get this description. Fair enough. Fair it, enough. it has to be a joke. I... Juice, he's strong in the second book. Mm-hmm. So, see, are you happy he did come back? Yeah, I was a bit harsh in the first book. <laughs> I should have waited. <laughs> he came back in the form of eye descriptions. <laughs> yeah, the, the author was just making fun of him at that point. <laughs> Look how easy it is to describe brown <laughs> eyes. Friggin' juiced. Idiot. Loser. Idiot. <laughs> um, I really think, do you have anything else that's like a spoiler? I'm kind of ready to get into my favorite quotes and my favorite character i have a lot of quotes oh i will say there is a uh 
cast of characters at the end of the book um, with pronunciations of all the names, which is helpful. Well, I didn't use that. <laughs> yeah, as we struggle to pronounce some of their names. <laughs> there was a very easy fix. We've been pronouncing an edge wrong. I I mentioned there's this list in the back. Did I read it? No. (laughs) Did I say you should? Yes. It's Inez. Inez? (laughs) Inez. Oh my god, it is Inez. (laughs) Wait, now I'm gonna I'm gonna go through the rest of them now. Let's see. Let's see what Matthias is. Oh, Matthias. <laughs> Matthias. <laughs> Kaz is still Kaz. Nina was right. Kuwai. I think I was saying Kawaii. It was Yarl Broom. John Van Eck is Jan. <laughs> Christ. Oh, this is funny. Jesper, we got right. I got Danyasha right. Like, out of all of the names, I got Danyasha. (laughs) (laughs) Well. Wylan is Wylan. Well, we are. It turns out we pronounced most of the characters incorrectly. We recorded two episodes of this podcast pronouncing the names of the characters incorrectly and then discovered at the end of recording the second book. When I specifically recommend reading it. I really should have read it before I said that. Um, That was an unfortunate mistake. Apologies. Yeah, apologies to everyone. Um, all right, favorite character. Still Wylan. Maybe Matthias. Juiced. Um <laughs> no, you're right. I think I think it's still Wylan for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Matthias is a close second, and then I would give an honorable mention to Danyasha. Because she was cool, but she definitely wasn't like a favorite. But especially considering she wasn't in the book for very long, but I was like, "You, you get, you get an honorable mention. You had a cool character arc, or not arc, just cool character." <laughs> just cool. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think there's much. There wasn't much development. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I, I hear you have many favorite quotes. While you narrow down your list, I will let you know what mine are. They're two very opposite ends of the vibe spectrum. Um, my first one. <laughs> this is this is the darker one. Okay. Uh, fear is a phoenix. You can watch it burn a thousand times, and still it will return. I like that. Also made me think of Harry Potter a little bit. So. Um, and on the opposite end of the vibe spectrum, I think you'd flirt with a date palm if it would pay atten- any or if it would pay you any attention. 
If I flirted with a plant, you can bet it would stand up and take notice. <laughs> love that. But no, I love Nina and Matias. Um, so I have, I have five quotes. Okay. Um, the first one is Matthias, I guess, not Matthias, but whatever. Um, I'm, he was talking about Nina and he said, you aren't a flower. You're every blossom in the wood blooming at once. You're a tidal wave. You're a stampede. You are overwhelming. I really liked that. It just shows that like he loves her for who she is, not like trying to make her something that she isn't. And then kind of a sad one from Inez. <laughs> You can at least try to pronounce the characters correctly from here on out um, <laughs> for the last five minutes. <laughs> um, but she was talking to Jesper and she says, stop treating your pain like it's something you imagined. If you see the wound is real, then you can he heal it. I liked it. Uh, Ignore my stuttering. You. That was a hard sentence to read out loud. But thought it was a good little like life lesson kind of moment oh and then that big long one that I already read before I think that one might be like my top it's mm -hmm. like a huge quote but it's definitely a good one one from Kaz who said you can only sharpen a blade so far in the end it comes down to the quality of the metal when he was like dissing I like that one yeah I really liked that quote I'm gonna start like I don't know. Maybe I'll use that one day if someone ever insults me. Um, and then one that was kind of like a reoccurring quote throughout the book was um, how Jesper was always going. It's good for you. Jogs the liver. He would say that a lot. Like when it, whenever it was like something like really stupid, like nothing important. And it was just like a cute little like catchphrase that Jesper had that I really enjoyed. Those are some good ones. Thank you. Well, I think it's time <laughs> to introduce the next book. So this one is uh, a, a group favorite. And by group, I mean <laughs> the two of us. <laughs> and um, really sorry if you are listening and you don't really vibe with the fantasy th series theme that we got going on because we're gonna hit you with another one real quick and then we'll read a different genre but we just we've been craving these books we've already read these books and we just need to read them again to feel something a little bit that this is this is the book that uh, or I guess series that got me out of a very long reading slump. Same. I would say like at least a year long reading slump. Like, yeah, like it was, it was a while where I was not, I just didn't, didn't have that much interest in reading, reading, reading. And I, I just hadn't found any books that I like wanted to read really until literally Sarah just texted me and was like, 
I think you sent this book to me for my birthday. Yeah, it was your birthday present last year. Yeah, and she hadn't read it either. And it was just like, nah, it might be good. Mm-hmm. Friend recommended it. Yeah, my friend, my really good friend Tesla, shout out to you. I know she listens to the podcast. Um, she recommended this book to me heavily for like years before we actually picked it up. Like I remember two of my coworkers read it when I worked in a clothing store. Like I would say probably three to four years ago, they were reading these books and they were like obsessed with the books. And I just, just wasn't really feeling it. And then I just randomly kind of decided, you know what, why not? I mean, I want to, I want to read a new book and I've heard it's, I've heard nothing but good things. Fantasy, love fantasy. Um, and I wanted someone to read it with, and I was, I, I needed to get a birthday present for Katrina. So I just kind of mm-hmm. went for it. And it was a time. Um, this book, uh, this series is also what um, kind of spurred the idea of the podcast in a way, because as we were reading this series, we would FaceTime each other and talk about the book. And eventually we decided, hey, why don't we just like record this, start a podcast? And like we came up with our structure of spoiler free versus spoilers. And yeah. So would you like to do the honors? <laughs> what is the book called? It is called. Brace yourself. Drum roll, please, Katrina. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the first two and then it cut it out. Anyways, um, A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Mass. Hold your applause, people listening. Get ready. I am so excited. (laughs) Me too. And like we said, we've already read the book. I'm sure a lot of people who are listening have already read the book. Um, but you know, sometimes a reread is a good thing, especially if it's a book as good as this series. I'm predicting some high ratings from us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I already have my rating. Do you want to try to give a a preview? (laughs) You know, I'm terrible at summarizing books. It's there's some fairies, there's some magic, there's some normal people, um, there's a bad guy, bad bad woman actually, and and a bad guy. Actually, I don't know what book that one comes in. I don't know. (laughs) There's things that happen. It's uh. Is it is it like an adventure kind of story? Like they're they're doing things. Um, yeah, never mind. Just I I don't know. I don't know what it's about. I have to read it. Um I will say, like before, because usually we do like a spoiler-free. Like we we say what whether or not we recommend the book after the spoiler-free aspect of like currently talking about the book, but we can say with a hundred percent certainty that if you have not read this book, we do recommend it. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's all I got. Do you have anything to add? Uh, no, I do not. Well, we did it again. If you want to follow us on social media, we have an Instagram and a Twitter that is at bookbevies. 
And if you want to email us any longer inquiries, we have a Gmail, which is bookbevies at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.